It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Chicago Audible podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Well, sports betting season is in full force with the NFL officially back, which means you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. BetUS have been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. And they have loads of bonuses. Join now at BetUS.com today and receive a 125% sign up bonus by using bonus code Chicago. 125. BetUS is known as America's favorite sports book for a lot of reasons. BetUS has all your NFL games with team and player props and loads of NFL futures and odds. In addition to the NFL, you can bet on college football games, PGA, golf, UFC matches, and more. They have every bet type imaginable as well, and the BetUS mobile platform is easy to use with full betting options. Follow my lead and get your phone online, and social sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. Cash in on your 125% sign-up bonus at BetUS.com with our code CHICAGO125. BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS. Welcome in, you guys, to a victory post-game show here at the Chicago Audible. As you can see, it is just me uh, doing this show, but uh, Mason was supposed to be on here. I just didn't. Uh, as you can see, it's a little bit different in terms of if you're watching the the setup here. Mason and I could not record at Soldier Field. Uh, we usually find a room that's that's vacant and try to get in there before the cleaning people get in there to obviously you know sanitize everything. Couldn't do that this time, and we couldn't get into our stats room to record. So I had to drive home. Mason had to drive home. I had to try to get the software going. And here we are. Here we are. Um, a again, like I said, a victory post-game show. Twenty to seventeen, Bears over the Bengals. A little closer than I think a lot of people would have liked. But this is going to be obviously a, a way, way different uh, post-game show, just because it is just me 
and we'll still stick to the four quarters how we usually do these shows and i'll try to fill in for you know as much as i can given given the circumstances so i'm just gonna jump right in and i'll I'll keep the chat open here too to see if anybody's saying anything guys any questions here but i'm glad that we're able to get this out at some point it looks like everyone can hear me i think we're good to go so let's like i said jump right in first quarter of the show and usually this is where will has his monster moment but i know if will was here he would have to say it was roquan smith's pick six on it was a third down and it was a third down play where roquan smith really joe burrow throws the ball right to him and then he has the vision and the ability to take that interception back to the house to score a, a touchdown, a much-needed touchdown for the Bears, making it a 17-3 game with about 10 minutes and 55 seconds left in the fourth quarter. That's the all-pro Roquan Smith that I was waiting to see. I thought there was a play last week in the game against the Rams where Roquan Smith could have easily had an interception, but he made the play today. And you saw how big it was It was, It was. was for that defense. And really, I mean, that was what, the second of four turnovers are about to happen for the Bengals so there was a fumble previous to Roquan Smith's pick six by Eddie Jackson Tashawn Gibson was able to recover but that one seeing that Roquan Smith was about scored that was great to see that's that's that defense that I think everybody had a chip on their shoulder and you saw what they were able to do to that Bengals offense today that really you know was able to do some good things against the Minnesota Vikings a week ago so that would be easily the monster moment. Put in the, the chat what you think the monster moment could be. I'm curious to see if anybody has anything different. I, I'm sure there are definitely worthy plays, but I'm just curious. So definitely put in the chat what you think your monster moment would be. And now um, I'm going to go to what would be my opening statement. And I still don't have a name for this. It could be Nick's Quick Take or something like that. Um I used to my my nickname in high school was Nick the Quick for football because I was more quick than fast in, in terms of being a slot receiver. But Nick's quick take maybe. Uh, what I noticed, especially, it was after actually the Bengals scored their touchdown on the very first play after Justin Fields threw his fourth quarter interception, and I, I was reflecting back on the Bears turnovers that they had. So like I mentioned earlier, there was a fumble by Eddie Jackson. Bears get a field goal after starting on the Cincinnati 39. Okay, I mean, you'll take the points, right? Then you have Roquan Smith's pick six. That's obviously a scoring play, touchdown. But then you have the other two turnovers, right? This is all where perfect opportunities for the Bears to score more than what they did or even didn't. So Jalen Johnson's interception. You start on the Cincinnati 36-yard line, and you go three plays, negative four yards miss out on a a big opportunity i thought and then you have angelo blackson's interception which you know anytime a defensive lineman can get a pick like that and and akeem hicks who i think surprisingly showed up to the press conferences because we weren't the media wasn't expecting them to be there right after justin field spoke we're like all right we're done and then akeem hicks shows up uh but not to get off topic um you have angelo blackson's interception right and what do the Bears do? It, again, just another field goal after starting on the Cincinnati nine-yard line. But then you see what's in, what the Bengals are able to do off their turnover. After, after the interception by Justin Fields, they score a touchdown. 
touchdown pass. Kendall Vildor slipped, and I think, what, did he go to Higgins on that play? Uh, just checking here real quick. Nope, wrong one. Yeah, I went to T. Higgins, who actually got flattened by Akeem Hicks earlier uh, in that game. But that was that was something that I think, yes, great for the defense to cause those turnovers, but Matt Nagy's offense still looking still looking for for room for improvement i would say right because you have such f- good field p- field goal or field position that you would like to see touchdowns but hey look i can't i'm not going to be the one here complaining about a lot of things the bears won and like i said it was a little closer than what people were expecting 20 to 17 bears get that first victory against a, a Bengals team that i think is very up and coming um i think for for this part Obviously, Mason Mason would have his stat, and I was looking at a couple of them. What I found was interesting is that the Bears, being at home, eight penalties for 70 yards when, what, a week ago, on the road against Los Angeles, I believe it was only three penalties for, mm, I, can't, I can't give you the exact number, but I thought there was a, you would think the Bears would play a little bit better at home in terms of being disciplined things like, and i know there were some touchy touchy things that were said like the, the taunting by sean gibson i'll definitely get into that later but it it was something that you know i noticed they're just saying hey eight penalties 70 yards and you were just went on the road and played pretty you were you, a, a team that wasn't uh you know didn't lose their discipline in terms of those pre-snap penalties things like that thought they did good on the road last week they have some penalties to clean up this week all right, so that really is the first quarter of the show, right? Just kind of the opening opening segments of what, how we usually go. I just did all three, but it works for, for this one. And, you know, as you guys are in the chat here, um, and, we're, and I'm talking about each point here, let's, let's kind of go through, like, the, the offense in general. What, what are your, your biggest takeaways? And obviously, I'll start with mine. And I'm going to actually start with the very first drive of the game. Now, obviously, talking about the Bears' offense, what what the Bears were able to do. I thought it was interesting how they kind of approached the game, right? After David Montgomery's, you know, red-hot start against the Los Angeles Rams, just rushing the football effectively, breaking tackles, just showing everything that David Montgomery's about, the Bears, on that first drive at least, they, they elected to pass, to get the ball downfield it was a nine play 75 yard touchdown drive that ends with the touchdown reception to Allen robinson but really what got the bears downfield was a passing game and andy dalton looked sharp looked definitive on a third down and 12 play that was i think a key one where maybe people will even forget about it but he avoids the rush that's coming off the left side i believe i think it's um if uh, i think it was maybe jason peters who gave up the the pressure but i you know just trying to remember right now but he avoids the rush and is able to give marquise goodwin an opportunity to to make a play on that ball down the left sideline he gets a pass interference call is able to make the catch i think out of bounds obviously but just his movement in the pocket i would actually say i don't know about you guys but it seemed like andy dalton he, he could he moves a lot better than I think people give him credit for. I know he had runs of 11 and 14 yards, things that, hey, you don't really associate with Andy Dalton, but in terms of how he moved in the pocket and did some things, it was it was impressive, and it was nice to see from Andy Dalton. And really, 
when you look at all the offensive drives that the Bears had today, <laughs> that first one was the best, right? Just seeing how they were able to move down the field, where they started on their own 25, able to punch it in for that touchdown, their, their only offensive touchdown, right? So I, I liked what I saw from there. I liked what I saw from Andy Dalton on that. And even throughout the game, look, Dalton finished the game 9 of 11, only 56 yards, and was sacked one time, had the one touchdown pass. But I liked how he moved. I liked how he moved in the pocket, was able to avoid pressure, and just take what the defense was giving him, essentially. So that was nice to see. Now let's kind of transition here when Justin Fields gets in there. It was funny. Mason and I were kind of sitting, sitting, obviously sitting next to each other in the press box, and we're like, where were you when Justin Fields took over as a franchise quarterback? It's like, is this going to be the game where this is it? Matt Nagy's not going to go back. But I don't think that's the case. Obviously, Matt Nagy was asked that question kind of, oh, if Andy Dalton's healthy, what, what's gonna, what are you going to do, essentially? And he's like, I'm not going to comment on that right now. And it makes sense, right? But Justin Fields gets into the game. I think, obviously, the biggest thing that you kind of notice with him and how what the Bears wanted to do, they really wanted to utilize his, his legs. And Matt Nagy asked them, uh, or Matt Nagy was asked, like, how when Justin Fields is in, they kind of tweaked the game plan a little bit, specifically because there was just certain plays that they liked specifically for Justin Fields. And it makes sense, right? And this is a guy that doesn't get any reps with the first-team offense. And I think you kind of saw that a little bit come into play because you saw you saw the two false starts, right? And it was a it was like a cadence slash, I think, leg. Like Justin Fields was raising his leg or something along those lines. But it was something that he talked about. He said he would definitely fix. Not a, not a big issue or anything. But you saw... I think a little bit of the lack of practice time between him and the first first team offense, right? And I think it was expected. But I will also say this. When Justin Fields was in the game, did it not seem like all the guys around him, it just felt like they weren't making plays. There was the beautiful, beautiful pass down to Allen Robinson, down the left sideline, right? And Justin Fields, he... That's a perfectly thrown ball. It's it's right where Allen Robinson would want it, but can't make the catch. And Allen Robinson comes back to it, and it falls through his hands. And you know, Justin Fields was said in his uh, post game press conference, like, "Hey, like he's gonna keep going back to to a Rob, and he should one of the best wide receivers." Uh, what Justin Fields said in the league, but he's gonna keep going back to him. But that's definitely a play where, hey. You're, the veterans around him didn't make a play. There was a holding call on James Daniels, putting you know um, the, the 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 offense behind the chains, and that was on the sequence of plays where Justin Fields couldn't convert on fourth down. And again, no push up front, so other guys not not kind of helping out Justin Fields. There was the the pass of Darnell Mooney where it looked like he could have caught that ball. Again, this was on the this was on the left sideline right it looked like again he couldn't make it um yeah there's just a bunch of sequence of plays that I, I kind of remember where it's like hey i know justin fields in the game he he fixes the off that's what a lot of people think right he fixes the offense is going to be a lot better well you still need the other 10 guys on offense to help out to put him in positions this rookie quarterback 
who doesn't get any of the practice time with the ones because he's running the scout team, you still need them to come and, and help out, right? And if that's not happening, you're just making life more difficult for a, a rookie quarterback. Um, and then just kind of the other thing on fields, like, and I know I tweeted out, like, when the interception was thrown, like, just a terrible decision. And, and you know, for what it was, like, in, in the game, like, kind of getting back the, the Bengals in it, it, it was. But he, he explained what he saw, and he's a guy that I don't think you're going to see that same mistake twice. He said it so many times before, and that's what I think um, is great about Justin Fields. So he's going to learn from that moment. It's a good teaching moment. He thought it was one defense, and they dropped it out, and boom. So he's uh and yeah what what Jay Sanders he's a uh, said in the chat he's a rookie he's got, that will not here I'll tell you this right now and this should not be eye opening uh, Fields is gonna make a lot more mistakes just so you know just in case you were wondering it's gonna happen it's a learning curve right and without getting again those reps with the first team and maybe we'll see a little bit more throughout the week you're I think you'll see those rookie mistakes minimized. Right, I think that's what will end up happening. He's just that kind of guy. Uh, to talk about maybe quickly the Bears' rushing attack and just look at stats. You like for some reason I, I didn't even think they broke a hundred yards, but thirty-four carries collectively for the entire um, offense there for one hundred twenty-three yards. No rushing touchdowns, obviously, only the one passing touchdown to Allen Robinson. But David Montgomery got that twenty carry mark. Right, that's the one that Matt Nagy said he's going to get. David Montgomery, 20 carries. And he did this game. Now, were they as effective um, as last game? Obviously not. The The Bengals have a pretty good front seven, right? And But what you saw in this game that you saw in you know the previous game is that David Montgomery is one tough son of a gun to bring down. He is. It doesn't matter where you have, where you think you may have David Montgomery. You need to make a sound clear form tackle to bring him down and there was a a play where i think it was one of the what how many receptions did he He had three receptions but one of them he's out in the flat a guy looks like he's gonna potentially tackle him stiff arm there's a spin move the guy keeps moving his legs and carries carries his team to get them in manageable situations right and that's that's what you love about david montgomery that's a guy that's why when you know, the Bears are looking at getting a running back. I wanted them to get him. And it's playing dividends so far this season. He's carrying the rock and putting the Bears in a good position on offense. Uh, to look at some of the receivers, what happened, what, what didn't happen. You had Darnell Mooney get most uh, the majority of the targets in this game. Eight of them. Was able to bring down six of those catches for 66 yards. And then you had, I would say, for Allen Robinson, what an up and down day, right? I believe it was a third down and 12 play. If I'm not mistaken, I have my, my notes here that I write throughout the game. But it was it was a third down and long, and it was a it was a shorter pass down along the left sideline fields, and Allen Robinson's able to make a guy miss and get that first down. And I believe that that ends up leading to a field goal. Like that's that's where I, the opposite of what I was saying earlier, where the veterans are helping out, they weren't helping out fields. That's an instance where they did where. Your one of your best playmakers on offense did something on his own to help the entirety of the offense. Making a man miss along the left sideline, get that first down on, on a shorter pass, get that yards after catch that was pretty much non-existent 
in week one. That's exactly what you want to see. But then there's the flip side to it with Allen Robinson. He had that, like I said, the drop. And it was on the interception. Was it the interception of Jalen Johnson or Angela Black? Whichever one it came off of. Um, where they had the isolated third down play where it's Allen Robinson one-on-one to the left front corner of the end zone. <coughs> Excuse me. Front corner of the end zone and Robinson can't bring down the ball. Look, Justin Fields gave him an opportunity, right? And I, I, I like that call. You, like I said, you get somebody one on one, one of your best playmakers on offense, your best wide receiver, a chance to make a play, and he didn't make it. And then it, we would come to see he didn't make another play later that dropped in the end zone. So, but still, the play call, the the mentality, the philosophy, the thought that went behind it with Matt Nagy trying to scheme up a play like that, I'm good with it. I, I'm all for trying to give one of your best playmakers an option and a one-on-one opportunity. Um, what's, what did kind of surprise me, if you look really at the stat sheet just on ESPN, whatever you want to use, you look at the receiving, right? I'm just looking down. Mooney, Robinson, Montgomery, Goodwin. You got Damian Williams. Cole Komet. One reception on one target. Zero yards. And he also had that offensive pass interference call. It's, um, I'm, I'm not going to say like you should be super concerned about it, but you would think somebody that, you know, the first pick that the Bears made last year, Cole Komet, I thought he would have been more involved, especially like in a game like this. Um, yes, he did have his targets, his receptions uh, in, in the first game against the Rams, but yeah, he just was pretty much non non-existent in this game and that was a little surprising to see and you you hardly really even see jimmy graham out there i think he tried blocking for justin fields on on the left side and that that didn't really end up working so it was a little weird to see um the lack of usage from a cold commit and then to obviously talk about the offensive line we can't talk about the bears offense without the offensive line I mean, you guys kind of saw there was there was pressure given up, and I think the Bears are obviously are still trying to work things out. There's a couple holding calls, like I said. There was some false starts. <laughs> there was just people missing blocks. Jason Peters, I saw, missed a couple blocks. Uh, I think, what was it, Jermaine? Was it Jermaine and Fetty? Or it was Sam Mustafer against, who was it, B.J. Hill, if, if I'm not mistaken. Bengals um, interior defensive, yeah, defensive lineman, yeah. Uh, beat Sam Mustafer on a play, like, and look, credit to Andy Dalton and, and Justin Fields making things happen with their legs when they needed to when stuff broke down. Um, and that's going to be something that I think all season the Bears are going to have to deal with in terms of what this offensive line can be and what they're capable of. But obviously you're seeing they're still working out some some of the kinks and the third, third down and one, fourth down and one where the Bears are trying to just get one yard up the middle there wasn't any push by that offensive line so that's going to be something and that's always been i would say a weakness of the spares offensive line no matter how well they can look at times just physically can they get things going and you just really haven't seen that so still a lot of things to work on and you know we'll see if uh you know things get better with when, when players hopefully you know down the road come back like larry Bourne was just put on ir obviously tevin jenkins is on ir but maybe that can help the overall offensive line 
they get a few guys back, but the guy they have to work with the guys they have, and there's still work to be done, obviously. All right, um, look, I'm trying to think really anything about this this Bears offense. I talked about the incapabilities of this entire unit to capitalize on good field position after turnovers. Really, Andy Dalton, Justin Fields, the rushing attack, receiving core. I don't think we red zone for the win. I'm just kind of looking at the, um, the chat here to see if there's anything. I think we we got the main takeaways on offense. Still, only 14 points, right? That was generated from from the offense. Obviously, Cairo Santos kicking um, some field goals, but 14. So one offensive touchdown, one offensive touchdown. Talon Robinson on the first drive. And then every other drive from there, there was some kind of there was a penalty matt Nagy talked about in his press conference there was four or five oh what is the exact word he said um there were four or five plays that if you take those back um you know you generate some of those explosive type of plays i talked about some of the miscue or missed opportunities from from alan robinson for darnell mooney things like that even it was an offsetting penalty, but you guys remember the it was a short pass of David Montgomery along the left side in the flat. He makes a man miss, goes up the the sideline. I believe there's a hold. Um, can't even remember who the hold was on, but there's a holding call on the Bears. There was a pat, uh, roughing the passer on the Bengals. Offset out of there, right? Um, Cliff asked me real quick, Nick, what do you see as the good and the bad? I think the good is in spurts like this offense can somewhat move the ball. There were a couple more three and outs in this game than there were at all in the last game, right? For the most part, even though the Bears couldn't score against the Rams, there weren't any three and outs. What you saw here is that I think in – and I'll, I'll, I'll say this specifically to Justin Fields. He knows what his, his strengths are, and I think we're going to start to see that a little bit more as – as obviously he keeps playing, as he gets implemented into this office, and seeing how Andy Dalton's doing health-wise, that will definitely be something the Bears will work on. And I, and you also saw some of those just opportunities to take deep shots. Yes, the Bears didn't hit on a lot of them. I think there was only technically one explosive play, and that was Darnell Mooney's 21-yard reception. In my bold prediction, I said the Bears would get three. I didn't think it was too bold, but they didn't do that in terms of a passing explosive play so they still got to work in that regard and then i think one of the weaknesses i mean points guys yeah you got to finish drives you got to capitalize on turnovers yes this is the first game the bears caught for some turnovers four of them but you got to capitalize when they're you have such prime field position and the bears didn't do that and that's still the issue scoring points and if you can't you can move the ball do all this get the ball to your playmakers and not have explosive plays but not get points then it really is all for show right so that's obviously something that needs to be needs to be worked on um and then one more for cliff uh, thank you for all the questions cliff you're awesome uh was fields calling any audibles or was he running the plays as scripted uh i would definitely say scripted but there was one of the plays where man what is it number 24 or 21 the the nickel corner safety was coming off the edge fields points this guy out he knows exactly where this is coming, uh, where the blitz is coming from. But of course, I think it was Jermaine Effetti. Someone had a false start. And Fields, you could see it from just from the press box view, Fields knows exactly where this guy is coming from. It's not 
like the the one play against what is it Buffalo or yeah where uh, he gets you know his helmet knocked off right so it Fields identified the blitz it just happened that you know the Bears had a false start on the play so you see the good from Fields but we didn't get to see it executed right to see what he would have done to you know combat the blitz but I would definitely say it's scripted Uh, that's it's his first game without like I said going back again not having much practice time with the ones all right let's get off of the the offensive talk here go the defense and man this was you had Joe Burrow and 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 mixing like guys that were just doing great things against the Vikings and really for the most part for most of this game until late where they started to come back the Bears held them in check right and their only reason there were there were opportunities for this Bengals offense because of boneheaded mistakes from this Bears defense uh, in terms of penalties on third downs there was the first one with Kendall Vildor he has a great pass breakup what is that Jamar Chase I believe it was one-on-one pass breakup but there was the taunting play by Deshaun Gibson extends the drive the Bengals don't end up getting anything off of that but a nice play there then you have the Ro- or the Roquan Smith, the Robert Quinn. He gets a sack on Joe Burrow, ends up also getting a personal foul, and that's also a, uh, a third down. So you're keeping the Bengals around. But those are the bad because really when you look at how this defense played, swarming to the ball, there weren't any really explosive plays in the rushing attack from the, the Cincinnati uh, game plan the longest run was 10 yards and Joe Mixon was actually the only one that registered any type of, of rushes on the day which I I guess it's not too surprising but yeah it's uh they did a really good job with him and guys that showed up and I can't wait to go rewatch this game just to kind of go back through it Angelo Blackson man obviously he had the interception but seeing him even spurts last game he only played about 40 percent of the defensive snaps against the Rams he he's a guy that can can get back there that can make plays that is a such an asset to have especially when Amario Edwards is not in, in the lineup and he will be next week so the Bears will be getting somebody like him back but defensively I really thought the corners in the beginning of the game um and even Jalen Johnson for the entirety of the game just played really sound we're we're where they needed to be we're making plays and Jalen Johnson in his Friday press conference he if you go back and listen to it and even watch how he answers some of the questions he had something to prove he wanted to prove something about this Bears defense and I think he reads everything I think he's one of those guys that knows exactly what's being said who's saying it maybe and you know what what's the narrative around this defense and really it was Hey, this is not the same unit. This is not 2018. They're they're digress, you know, regressing and are not going to be a good unit. <laughs> I think the entire defense was like, "All right, we'll show you." And Joe Burrow limited, limited, right? Limited uh, obviously in his rookie season, but only had 5 interceptions. <laughs> he had 3 today. 3 today and one was by a defensive lineman because Alec Ogletree tipped the pass. So you saw you saw that from the defense, just them playing with a, a chip on their shoulder, right? And and guys were hidden too. 
Akeem Hicks talked uh, was asked from uh, if you guys you guys need to follow the Bigs and Herb uh, on there who asked great great question. He asked him about the play where Akeem Hicks he travels a good distance to tackle T Higgins, and man, after the play Higgins is hurt, he ends up catching a touchdown later. But it's I think that mentality and and Akeem Hicks talked about in his press conference that. You gotta you gotta want these things. If you wanna be a good unit, you gotta kinda it's gotta in the paraphrasing here, but you gotta show it through your actions. And Akeem Hicks traveling twenty something yards to get T. Higgins, who's on the other side of the field, shows that. You see Alec Ogletree getting some big hits. You saw you saw Angelo Blackson making some plays and getting getting back there at Joe Burrow. Khalil Mack opening up things for Robert Quinn, right? So when the entire unit is playing cohesively and having just a bounce back game that they did after just mental lapses it was great to see and the turnovers came with it something that wasn't present in the first game so you you really like to see that you like to see leaders kind of making those plays too especially the Roquan Smith and even Eddie Jackson had a really key tackle and yeah Eddie Jackson had a key tackle right so it almost sounds um a little weird and i know yeah jay sanders he did take out kendall Vilder. that's the thing too some of the angles some of these these guys take and yeah it's in the moment like it was a deep pass down uh what was it jamar chase right and then it's it is a pretty bad angle by eddie jacks he does take out kendall Vildor and they score <coughs> but i think desai found something that he likes and you saw on the on the sack by Robert Quinn, I think his first one of the game, it is a stunt with Cleo Mack. Sean Desai has been talking about putting these guys in the best position possible so they can make plays. Well, there was an opportunity right there, getting getting the stunt there to open up things for Robert Quinn when all the focus is going to really be on, on Cleo Mack, right? So that's great to see. And then you also saw just in terms of what Desai wanted to do, especially early on, I noted noted it. You had DeAndre Houston Carson and Duke Shelley in kind of this big nickel in what, there was how many DBs? That would have been five DBs? Four, six, sorry, six DBs on the field. And it wasn't necessarily just in obvious passing downs. They were, you know, maybe third and four, third and five. Like, there were, there were DBs out there. So I wonder if that's going to be something that Sean Desai wants to utilize and we saw Marquis Christian in the first game not too very well against the Rams Duke Shelley and Duke Shelley had his his moments where he was beat um people were getting free but he also made you know a couple good tackles here and there it was um there was a nice tackle actually inside where you see number 20 the smallest guy in the field making a tackle just in that scrum of giant human beings right but it's still a position where you got to focus in on and see who's playing it because and who's the opposite receiver going up against it because that's that's who the bear that's who opponents are going to attack when they're playing the Bears team. It's just the obvious one, right? It's the most vulnerable spot and right now the weakest link. And until the Bears do something like how Sean Desai was doing kind of to mask that weakness, then teams are going to keep going there. But you can't 17 points a lot of it came late it's it's a very impressive performance and just looking at like what the pass rush did today i know when you're looking at sacks you had four 
for 28 yards. Like I said, the three turn or four turnovers, sorry, three interceptions, the fumble, and guys just being in the right spot. They're in the right spot. Um, even uh, you know on the explosive play down the field to Jamar Chase, at least he wasn't you know Cooper Cup wide wide open. Right, there was somebody at least in the vicinity. So they're getting something right. Still a touchdown. Still got to make the play. But I think we saw improvement. And now we got to see who is this Bears defense. Are they more? Are they closer to Week One? Are they closer to Week Two? Are they somewhere in between? I think we're going to find that out, and we'll obviously see that uh, next Sunday's game against Cleveland to see where they're really at and see how they can build off of this performance. Um, yeah, guys, uh, trying to see what else is going on with the defense. I think, again, I'll have a better analysis too when I can rewatch this game. Watching the press box is so – it's great. I love it. It's a great vantage point. Um, just being at that altitude to just seeing everything is awesome. But you don't get a lot of the the TV copy, obviously. There is a TV. There's one that's like right above me, but you really need to lean your head back to even see that thing. Um, so you don't get to see a lot of the things. A l- some of the other things, even some of the replays, they'll show quickly. But once it's gone, you can't go rewind like you could you know, at home. So definitely would be able to provide some better analysis and just other key takeaways from – this game i saw somebody um hopefully number 91 will be back yeah man that would be a a huge boost getting potentially eddie goldman and mario edwards to go with a defensive line that had a pretty disruptive good day against joe burrow hey that um samurai holy samurai jerusalem that would be that'd be huge uh cliff would you say the linebackers are stronger than the d-line or vice versa Ooh. Good question. Um, you know what i I thought Alec Ogletree had a, a pretty good game. Then you you add Roquan Smith, who had a phenomenal game. So I'll go with the linebackers, but I don't think it's like a large gap because I think that entire unit cohesively, that front seven, really played played lights out today. All right, guys. Um, moving on here, uh, we usually do the quick hit on special teams, and I mean they weren't. Well, Cairo Santos was obviously a, a huge factor in this game. But other than, like, field goal kicking, Santos obviously going two for two. But you had some, I would say, look, Pat O'Donnell had four punts for 169 yards. Okay, one touchback, two inside the 20. Okay. And, look, I'm not going to go super in-depth about, <laughs> about special teams. Just not. But I think one thing we may need to monitor, Nisimba, uh, he he got nicked up at some point, and then you had, I think Dar- who was it? Darnell Darnell Mooney was doing a kick return, but there was actually the Bears didn't have any punt return opportunities, which is interesting. Or nothing's on on the statue, but I know the Simba had something going on. So just maybe keep that in mind for maybe what we'll see on injury reports, or hopefully not see on injury reports. To be completely honest. All right, um, trying to see here. Of course, quick hit on special teams. Oh, that's right. I have to give an MVP. I've, this whole entire um, show is just so different without everybody else, which is a little sad. Uh, but, yeah, MVP. You know, I'm just I'm not nah, – I'm just going to say it. It's Roquan Smith. I'll give it to Roquan being the MVP of this one. He had eight total tackles, that pick six, one sack – 
five of those eight total tackles were just solo tackles. And I think you saw a presence there. When he's playing that way, man, it is, it's tough. It's tough for opposing offenses to, one, if you're trying to stretch them out horizontally, east and west, his speed makes a difference. His knowledge of the game makes a difference. Knowing where to be on that pick six and knowing how to navigate through traffic to get to the left sideline. And they, who was it? Kindle Vildor. And was it Alec Ogletree? I don't remember leading the way, but knowing that you ha- you have trust in those guys to get you into the end zone because that was important in this game because the, the offense wasn't getting into the end zone. So it was really important that Roquan Smith scored and he showed that. So not going to overthink this. Roquan Smith's the MVP. If anybody has anything different, definitely put it down in the chat. Um, who you think is deserving to be the MVP, most valuable bear of this this Bears twenty to seventeen victory over the Bengals? So that one, oh Jalen Johnson, hey I, Sanders, I like Jalen Johnson too, man. Like it, it was so nice to see him get his first career interception. Um, you know, I asked him in the press conference what he thinks uh, of this Bengals receiving core. A lot of good weapons, but he he was obviously up to the challenge. He also had it was. Uh, some somewhere in the second half there was a deep shot or maybe there was a deep shot i think it was the higgins again right there in coverage and he even got a pbu with his back you know uh gosh what it yeah he got a pbu with his back so he doesn't even have to see the play to make plays jalen johnson up and coming corner all right and now we kind of just close out the show the two minute warning uh quick recap of everything that's happened the bears are one and one and I know Matt Nagy earlier in the week said this wasn't a must-win game, but we all know the stats of how, of how teams who are 0-2 and their chances of making the playoffs. And not even and that's that's going too far down the line. And I don't have the timer here, so I'm going to go as long as I want or as short as I want. But the Bears are 1-1. One one. They, they corrected a lot of the defensive mistakes you saw in week one. Those got corrected. Were there some bad penalties? Yes. Were, were there some bad angles? There were. But were there impactful turnover creating plays? Absolutely. And when the Bears defense is playing that way and is able to stop after week one the leading rusher in the NFL and Joe Mixon and hold him to what eight twenty carries for sixty nine yards. Nice. Uh that is impressive. You do that without Eddie Goldman. No Mario Edwards. That is that's collective great defense. And then to do what they did to Joe Burrow, man, like that's a guy that he sees stuff. He he calls audibles. He knows all the the things that, that what you, what you want to see in a quarterback. I know he's only in year two and had limited play, like I said early, but he's a good QB. He can put the ball right where it needs to be, and he knows usually where to go. Nineteen of thirty, two hundred and seven yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. That's impressive from what the Bears are able to do to. Who's a quarterback that's going to be a guy who who's going to be a very good quarterback in the league for a very long time? So really like that. And then off, offensively, I I would say this: let's just get get used to seeing more and more Justin Fields. And it was a little when he came in and he stayed in the game, or when he came in and you knew Andy Dalton wasn't coming back out. For some reason, I like I got chills. I got chills. And yeah, he didn't he didn't like have the greatest performance, right? But there's there's just there's just something about him. And it's, whoever hasn't been to a game, you just got to go. 
And every time he gets in there, he can hand the ball off and people are losing their mind. But I would say, again, get used to seeing that. Whether it is in spurts, if Andy Dalton does come back and is healthy, then you'll see him. But this is all leading up, like we all know, to him taking over. And when that time comes, he'll be ready because that's just who he is. But the Bears offense needs to get better by capitalizing and getting the ball into the end zone. That's two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row where we haven't seen the scoring that we'd like to see. You've seen, you know, at times this offense move the ball, but like it it needs it needs to get better. Maybe it'll help when you know they can limit some of the mistakes along the offensive line. Those playmakers that we're talking about on offense at the receiver can just make and finish those plays. Had, you know, a couple drops in this one. So correct those mistakes. And if you get your defense and your offense playing to a level that, you know, it's going to be hard for other teams to contend with, man, now you have a, a team that it's it's not just the Bears. You look at the schedule W against them. Now you have something here. But we got to see where this team really is at. Like I said, is that defense closer to week one or today? And we'll see in week three. Offensively, like they had a bunch of first downs against the Rams, no points. They had the one touchdown drive right to begin the game, and then nothing, really. It was pretty stalled, inconsistent offense. So that needs to get better. But let's see what this team can do. They're one and one. It's a Bears victory. First one of the 2021 NFL season. Enjoy it. And I know, like, you can be mad about some of the things, but I'd say enjoy it. So I think that's going to do it. And Cliff, I have no update on Andy Dalton's health. Um, I think what Matt Nagy did say, he ruled out any type of tears. Someone asked him, like, is that an AC or MCR? I forgot exactly what it was, but Nagy said, you know, I'm pretty sure I can rule that out. And then actually, who was it? Darnell Mooney. When I was at his press conference, he saw like Andy Dalton was walking with a little limp. I, I think they said he was going to get x-rays just to make sure everything was okay. But I think from what it, how it sounds, he should be good to go. And look, Andy Dalton, I thought, looked, looked pretty good. Pretty good. Um, especially just moving in the pocket. So, all right. I'm not I'm getting on a tangent here. I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you, everybody, who tuned in. I know this is it's 730 uh, Central Time. Usually we do these right after the games, but like I said, we couldn't couldn't get access at Soldier Field to record, but I really appreciate everybody who's here, who listened, uh, hopefully enjoyed just me talking about this Bears 20-17 to 17 victory over the Cincinnati Bengals. Make sure you're following me at Nicholas Moriano on Twitter. Follow our Instagram account, which needs more followers. That'd be great. I just, I'll start posting more. We get more followers. Maybe it should be the other way around. Who knows? Uh, obviously, follow the Chicago Audible on Facebook and Twitter. And if you haven't already, I'm obviously wearing one of my, uh, you know, nicer shirts, I guess. Go to chicagoaudible.com slash shop and go get some Chicago Audible gear. And then once you get that gear, post a picture with it. And I that's, that's Instagram uh, content right there. I'll put it on our Instagram, feature you guys. Uh, guys and girls for for again supporting the podcast will mason and i would greatly greatly appreciate that but thanks everybody um have a great victory monday and we'll talk to you soon but until then bear down chicago